When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. I need basketball, guys. It's been three days since K-State beat KU. The women don't play this week. They don't play till Saturday. Men are back in action on Saturday. When you have four days without K-State hoops, kind of you're left to your own thoughts. What, are, what can I do with my life now? Yeah, I don't want to focus on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to focus on anything else. I'm really... As the kids say this week, I'm really dragging A. You know what I mean, dude? <laughs> Is that what they say? Oh, yeah. It's the new hot thing to say now. All yeah. the kids. That's I, I thought about that today, too. I was like, man, I've this is the How third. How dragging A? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, this is the third day in a row. I haven't done a Mitch Palm yet this week. What Ooh. the heck's going on here? Like, That's not the latest TikTok trend, is it? Like, kids literally dragging A? No. no well. Not, not there yet. No. <laughs> We just live it. It's not a trend. Yeah, we just live it. <laughs> <laughs> we just wake up. We're this just doing it. Real life. Not some TikTok trend. Uh, K-State men and women's basketball in action on Saturday. Men at BYU, which tips off at 9 p.m. I, if you thought 8 o'clock was late, wait till it tips off at 9. At least it's a Saturday. That game might finish before Troy wakes up on Sunday. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He gets up pretty early. <laughs> might. Dude, <laughs> uh, what are we in the whack or something? You know, it's starting to like, it reminds me of old FSN games that would kick at like 945. Yeah, do we really want to add Gonzaga? No. For basketball games? No. Tip so we can start 11. tipping off. Yeah, 11. Yeah, I was about to say that too. 1145. Oh. Oh. No. That, and then, man. The games that he that, that poor Troy does miss out on, I am more than obsessed with the fact that he goes to sleep. He's like, yeah, I went to bed at seven fifteen. That blows my mind. So Troy's not here yeah. to you know, stand himself. up for himself, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So let's <laughs> so let's just dog completely talk behind his back. Get him. Yeah, behind his ears, crush him. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a Denver Nuggets fan, oh. and he went to sleep before what was a game seven uh-huh, wrapped fu- up. Yeah, he was like, nope. Got He's it. committed to his he sleep, is, and that is. that's discipline. Yeah. I uh, he, I can't do it. I respect no the heck out of him. Like, there's some days when I have to work really early over at Dick's, and I'm like, <laughs> like I got to be up at like three thirty, two thirty, and I'm like. Oh. I could go to bed at 10. Dog, <laughs> listen, man. There's days you got to work and the game's on and you're like, listen, I'm not, I'm going to be no good to you during and after the game. So, you want to stick me in the back or something? Yep. <laughs> well, we have a busy show today. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner with David G and Owen Burke. Owen Burke across the glass, running the board, and the phone number is 785-537-1350. Call him. If you want to call in and uh, say whatever. Talk junk on Troy. Yeah, talk, awesome. yeah, this is today's the day. Let's bury him. We will in hour number two preview K State baseball for the upcoming season, which starts a week from tomorrow in Arizona when they play Cal. And um, we're going to hear from K State head coach uh, Pete Hughes and players coming up starting at five ten. More Taylor Swift Super Bowl prop bets of the day later on in hour number two as well. Going to hear from Patrick Mahomes in hour number one. Plus, in our next segment, we'll hear from K-State men's, uh, women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. I uh, got to catch up with him earlier today at the basketball training facility. They call the ICE and uh, talk for a few moments with Jeff Mitty, including an update on Aoka uh, Lee. Is there a timeline? Is there a, a guesstimation on when Yoki can be back? We'll hear from Jeff Mitty here in a few moments as well. You know, I'll ask you, Deej. What did the KU win for K-State do for you? Remember, it's coming off a four-game losing streak. They beat KU. Most people thought Cats may not get this done. It's a real rough stretch, but they do. It took overtime. Jerome Tang now 6-0 and this season in overtime. And then BYU on the horizon on Saturday night. Has that win alone brought back hope that okay maybe this still this team this team still has it in them they can make a run for the NCAA tournament or do you need to see more i man i hate to be that guy but i've watched i know man i know usually that's followed by you being that guy i know i'm gonna be that guy though the game that game was one of the weirdest saddest little basketball games i think i've ever watched ku the ku game really yeah i i, I had a good time i i that the the wow the play was so sloppy for me that i I came away with way more respect for them and in in the the idea of that they're gutsy and that they have not cashed it in at all. I, I can tell you that right now that um, it is not uh, for lack of trying for them. It's not about their heart or their guts or how hard they're playing. These kids are putting it all out there, and they really did have to go out there and bust their tails for one. But – it wasn't one of those where it's like, man, we really put it together in other, in spots where we haven't been earlier this season, and we look like a whole new team. Um, there was a stretch there, especially those l- couple possessions, the last two possessions, um, after we got like the circus play and then the three from Tyler Perry, there were two or three trips down the floor that might have been the three worst possessions I've ever witnessed in my life. 
with my own eyes. It, it was horrible. And I I don't want to be a guy who's like a home win against KU. You go and, and like, you know, trash it and say it's worth nothing. It is worth something. And I just – I it doesn't change the the – it doesn't help me overlook the flaws that the team has, and I hate to be that way. I really do. I, I honestly do not want to be this way, but I can't overlook the fact that I, I, I enjoyed this one less than I've ever enjoyed a KU victory. Really, 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 really. It was, hmm. it was the least amount I've enjoyed. I, I, yeah, there were times I was physically ill during the game. I could have thrown up. Very interesting take because. I, I, you know, I could see it both ways where both, you know, it did look pretty ugly. It's, I mean, it, it, it was, I thought it was an on par basketball game for a home big time Big 12 basketball game for K State. I, it, it was, I thought it was pretty similar to the Baylor game. I, I, you know, where they found a way to win. And that's the motto this year just find a way to win. I, I felt like the Baylor game was a little cleaner. Um, and I felt like some shots were hit. It, it was just, down the stretch, both teams, there was this feeling that whoever had the lead just couldn't close it out. Yeah, and it was it got it got so sloppy. I do think both teams were beat to heck, but K State showed some guts, man. They really did, and I, I'm so proud of them for that. But yeah, I, I I'm still like we could lose Saturday by 15 points. I mean, that's the reality. It's. I don't think it's going to spark a, a win streak. I just don't think so. You know, I, for me, you know, just based on the question, is my hope back? Do I now believe? Okay, I, I've th- this was enough for me to say that this they, they found something. They they've turned it around. Now they they truly can be an NCAA tournament team instead of just you know riding the bubble. And they're on, still on the wrong side of the bubble right now. I'm not there yet because right. I'm a consistency guy. Right. Okay, you did it at home against KU. Very dramatic game. Very emotional game. Place was packed. You, you, you won at home in overtime against Kansas, a top right. 10 team. Amazing. Right. And that was a lot of fun. But I need to see it again. Hmm. Now on the road, now in a arena holds 19,000 people. Mm-hmm. It's the now the biggest arena in Big 12, which is BYU's, whatever it's called. And BYU's a top 25 team. Can you do it again? That's where you really show, okay, now we are better. Mm -hmm. Now we've started to figure a little bit out. You know, a lot of things had to go right for K-State to win that game, and a lot of them, not everything, but a lot of them did go right, yet K-State still, you know, I'm I'm becoming more forgiving of the high amount of turnovers uh, because I think Jerome Tang is right. They can win when they do commit 16, 17 turnovers. It was just pretty ugly basketball from missing shots as well, mixed in with that during that four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they did it this time, hitting shots, but they still committed the turnovers. So, right. I mean, it's Big 12 basketball. If you have three ugly possessions in a row, there's a good chance your opponent also did as well. <laughs> now it's just trying to play even basketball through those mistakes <laughs> yeah. and then get them back later down the road. You know? uh, Let's yeah. see if we can now make a run of successful plays. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I will say, you know, even though there isn't much scoring still from the bench, I have 
liked the improvements. Mm-hmm. Jarrell Colbert is a late example of that. Plus, I would throw Dayday Ames in there as well, hitting an early shot in that KU game. And Jarrell didn't score, but he did some great things. He was playing some really tough defense. Uh, you know, and I was surprised, and I said this Tuesday, that I was surprised that Jarrell did not play more in the second half in more in overtime. Guys, I was right there. Uh, I was right there. I mean, I'm courtside watching the game, and I didn't notice it at first, so I went back and watched because Jerome Tang kind of brought that up without being asked about it and says just, you know, Jarrell right now not physically ready to battle for that long. I mean, it didn't take early on. He was pretty tired. Hmm. So I in stretch, you're going to get – I mean, you're – from what I'm getting from Drew Colbert right now, two or three really solid minutes, and then you need to get him out of there. Right. Will McNair, more in shape. Will McNair reminds me, he's like a 500 wrestler, where he's beating the people he should be, but he, and he's not beating the players that are better than him, if you know what I mean. He's uh-huh. kind of in the in-between here of when he's good, he can really be good. But when he's not as good as the player he's up against, he's rarely winning. Right. And it was, you know, he tried against Hunter Dickinson. It was a valiant effort. Didn't win too many times. However, in transition, when he had a step on his guy, he was really good. Mm -hmm. And he was rebounding. But the scoring can be a bit sloppy at times. Mm -hmm. Just depends on the matchup. So, Drum Tank said earlier today, he's going to stick with the lineup they're running with right now. Going to see how it continues to grow. I like it. Last year, that's what it took. Last year, I had taken a line adjustment or a, uh, a starting line adjustment, and that was Desi Sills. Now, this year, it may just have to be a couple of guys and just kind of mix things up. And now, Gasson and, um, and Will McNair embracing a new rule, and that's coming off the bench. And you know what? We've seen some, some good things out of it the last couple of games. And they're one and one in those last couple of games, but at least it was closer. You hate losing at Oklahoma State. That sucked. That was, that's a bad loss. But they made up for it, kind of. Now, there's more making up to do for it, though. Mm -hmm. I need to see the consistency. I need to see, okay, now prove it on the road where Big 12 teams are winning 33% of the time. Odds are already stacked against you because you're going on the road in your conference, the toughest in the country. And by the way, these four teams that just came in, hey, they're doing a pretty good job of holding their own. Mm Mm-hmm. So this will be the first trip for these guys. I mean, this might be the biggest crowd they've. I'm sure they've ever been, ever played in front of. That'll take place in Provo on Saturday. That's really interesting. I didn't know they are now the biggest Big Twelve. Yep. Basketball by like three thousand. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I would love to see. Um, a part of me, you know, David Gasson, I I think is somebody who realizes that somebody needs to take the bull by the horns offensively. Somebody needs to grab the ball and go to the bucket. But he just can't, like, it just, you know what I mean? He can't chew and go, or chew gum, walk at the same time, yeah. kind of thing with the basketball. Like, I was thinking a few years ago, Cartier Jada with the windmill dunk off of the steel. You know, it, that game on Monday, there was no one in the building who could have made that play. It just, everyone just seemed so tired. And it just, like, the ball handling was a little sloppy, and everybody, it just, even him, like we haven't talked about that no call on his like you know, he got he got the ball kind of knocked out and then he he knocked it out of bounds. He did, mm. but we got the call. Um, I think it was a callback. It was a it was a a call that we got because of the Sfi fifty five 
walk, you know, like the 55 <laughs> foot walk. That was a fight. Finally, we get makeup call six, a seven years call later, seven later, seven years later. Yeah. Um, we needed it, but I, I just it just felt like, yeah, it felt like it was very sloppy. And I'm with you. If we go to BYU and, the, and this team wins at BYU with this new ish look, then. I think we can start talking about it. Like maybe they found something, but until then, I mean, if they go there Saturday and just, oh boy, look anything like they did against Oklahoma State, there's just, it's time to start talking about something else, you know. Let's go to the phone lines before we take a break. The phone number is 785-537-1350. Terry from Manhattan standing by. What's up, Terry? Hey, um, just going to talk about – I I kind of waiting for the in the game for for Kurt Perter to do something explosive, but didn't seem it ever ever happen, you know. Uh, you know like he like he normally does, you know, receive an alley oop dunk or you know or get to the basket, you know, and put it in or something like that, you know. Yeah. Too. Are, 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 you, are you talking about somebody yes. specifically? Did I miss that? Sam Carter. Oh, Cam Carter. Like mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seemed like, you know, he was kind of in, in the background the whole game, you know, and and he was kind of a, you know, behind the, you know, behind Perry, you know, like he, like he probably should be or maybe not. But, you know, he didn't shine out there like I was, I was expecting him to do, you know, because I guess he, he got a bucket here and there and that's about it, you know. Well, I'll put it this way, and Terry, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Um, Cam's still scoring his points. One time since Thanksgiving has Cam Carter not scored in double figures. The the alley-oop from Cam Carter that he's had a few times this year have been incredible because Cam gets up there and the passes from, I think it's typically TP who throws it up there, has been on the money. Uh-huh. Um, you know, honestly, if I were to say anybody has kind of been down a few games if any out of the big three i maybe go arthur kaluma yeah because he hasn't been hitting the three pointers lately i think he's only hit one three pointer in the last three games so he's i think arthur kaluma has been really the quiet one but he's still scoring in double figures the last couple of games tyler perry i think in his last three games has played his best basketball I think Tyler Perry individually has started to find his groove finally. Mm-hmm. This is his best last three games, which KU, Oklahoma State, and the you know the real stinker in the first half against Oklahoma. I mean, Tyler Perry has scored 23, 19, and 26, and he's hit at least three threes in the last three games. I mean, we have not seen TP play that well. You know, offensively lead the offense, hit shots, hit big shots. I mean, I, he hadn't hit the clutch shot like he did in overtime against KU since what Villanova hadn't hit that big clutch shot. Unless I'm, uh, there's a game I'm forgetting, but I think that's what it is. It's been since December 5th that last time TP really hit that clutch shot that we were needing, mm-hmm. and he did it in overtime. As a matter of fact, went back-to-back on those clutch buckets. Right. And, you know, I, I agree with Terry. Like, the game, it, it was such a weird flow to the game. There weren't those big plays like that. Like, last season it seemed like 
every game was filled with some momentous, like momentum changing play that happened. Or like last season, the alley oop to basically win the game. The you know what I mean? Like there just always seemed to be something super exciting, and we keep hearing about. Cam Carter, like from practice, and how these guys are like, this guy's the real deal. And you can tell he has those, he flashes those moments where you're like, this guy is a great basketball player. I want to see him, like I know Terry was saying, I want to see him grab the ball and take over a game. I, I would like to see that happen. Um, and for me, that was on Monday, it was two teams that had no huge plays, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was that run, the 11-0 run, then K-State came back. And then all of a sudden, it was like the end of the game. <laughs> you know, and like, we're going into overtime. And it just, it was a clunky game. Um, oh, well, real quick, here's the simple answer. This wasn't the, uh, wasn't the topic I was planning to tackle today, but it is an interesting thought. The simple answer is why K-State isn't, I'm going to air quote here, flashy as last year, is Marquise Noel. Yeah. Marquise had impeccable chemistry with everybody Mm -hmm. and he knew he could anticipate either on a drawn up play or a cutter he just he had eyes in the back of his head Mm -hmm. and Marquise Noel was one of the most dangerous guys in the country in transition dude because he was an insane passer Mm -hmm. and he's doing it now in the G League Mm -hmm. behind the back between the legs Marquise set up the flashy play Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It was up to the other guys to finish it. Right. So, it, it of course, it takes, you know, what the alley-oops and the passes takes two to do it. But, you know, Marquise Noel was just so smooth he was awesome. in that department. He was awesome. He was so good at it, sometimes it didn't feel like you needed. Like, he would almost put it in by himself half the time. Right? Well, I mean, I, heck, he's, he's showing off half the time. Half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember, you know, you, we all remember last season there were times where you're like, all right, chill out. Well, <laughs> and you forget, like – Desi Sills threw a behind-the-back pass to uh, Keontae Johnson for a three against Oklahoma. Yeah. And yeah. then what does Desi do right after? He just kind of showboats right in front of the Oklahoma bench in transition. Mm-hmm. Desi was the best showboater he I think I've awesome. ever seen. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, again, K-State men are at BYU on Saturday, tipping off a nine pregame at eight here on KMAN. When we come back, we transition to women's basketball. We'll hear from K-State women's coach Jeff Mitty after these words. Real shocker that Owen picks out some of the rustling beds to play on the show, and I'm actually quite happy about it. I need to <laughs> throw in some more AEW ones. Some of them I'm really uh, got to get some in there. Yeah, big you fan got of. Uh, my, uh, you got a million dollar man Ted DiBiase's <laughs> music in there. We don't. And Mitch, actually, it's funny when you left for uh, Manhattan Hoops on Tuesday. I played Ric Flair after you left because I was like, man, I got to fit this one in. I haven't used it, and then I forgot you were leaving the second hour. So. It was not wasted, though. I liked it. Troy even was in. True, it. yeah. I, I even got Troy a little excited. Well, everybody knows who Ric Flair is. Yeah. True. Very true. Everybody does. Yeah. It's Ric Flair. He, he's done a great <laughs> job at keeping himself relevant. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has. K-State women's basketball on Saturday in Bramlage Coliseum after almost a full week off. The last game was on Sunday when they visited Texas and they lose by... Uh, seven points. This time, the opponent will be the Oklahoma State Cowgirls, and the head coach will be former 
uh, K-State women's basketball staffer J.C. Hoyt. Uh, her Cowgirls are 11-11 and on the season in a 4-7 and record in Big 12 play. They have lost five in a row. K-State 20-3, and the number eight team in the nation, and a 9-2 and record in the conference, but they've also lost uh, a couple in a row as of late. Cats trying to get back on the right track. People may forget this, and I completely forgot about this headline earlier. Uh, Emily Ebert, who is a former K-State women's basketball player, is now on the roster at Oklahoma State. She joined at semester, hmm. and she's playing roughly nine minutes per game, only averaging about a point per game. But it'll be a familiar face back in Bramwich Coliseum on Saturday with the Cowgirls, not just a player, but also J.C. Hoyt, former staffer for Jeff Mitty. Speaking of the old ball coach, earlier today got to catch, uh, got a chance to catch up with KC women's basketball coach Jeff Mitty. Here's that conversation from earlier today. And uh, perfect timing. My computer just froze up. Yes! So, what do you want to talk about here in the next 10 seconds here? Hey, it's me, Jeff Mitty. Mitch. Uh, well, Coach, it seems like, uh, you know, ever since Yoki has been out and played now five games, it's just been a little tougher and tougher maybe matching up and playing against, you know, like a tough defense like Texas. But was was Texas a really tough matchup without Yoki? Well, I think this uh, – with everything, you're not going to. You could take a lot of teams in the country, and if Kaylin Clark is not on Iowa's team, if if uh, people have to play differently, doesn't mean they're not good. We can. We're not about one player either. However, it does change some things, right? I've been really proud of our team. I mean, we went on the road and, and won Baylor. Uh, we played uh, two, against our rival here, you know, 48 hours after that, win a big game, have a uh, heck of a win at home over BYU, and then we played two really good teams on the road. And so, yeah, we needed to do things better at Texas, and we just didn't control the ball well enough. So when you get it to a basketball, there was a path to play better, and we didn't do it. But um, this team is getting better, and I think the positive of it is we've seen some players play really, really well, like Eliza Maupin, for example. We saw Monty Lester give us the best 20 minutes she's given us all year. Those can be real positives going forward, and um, hopefully uh, when whenever we get Lee back, this will be a, a stronger basketball team. Well, tell me more about Amani and, and, and what impact she has made, maybe not really scoring points, but what else has she done to make that impact? I thought in the Texas game in, in particular passed the ball extremely well. She's able to contribute to the offense because she sees it and she, she understands spacing really well. And then at the defensive end, she's improving down there. She's more physical. She she got a couple block shots in that game, and I thought her activity level was better. Um, you know, she went a, an entire year without playing basketball, so um, it, it hasn't um, – you know, high school centers – don't have to guard all the things that college centers have to guard. Um, so I think she's uh, made tremendous strides in the last three weeks. Serena Sendell, we talked about her last week and how how good she's playing and how at a high level yeah. uh, she's playing right now. What's What's been the changes you've seen defense make on her? 
how are teams now guarding her differently because she's showing off lately that she's pretty good? Yeah, I think they, they still try to do the same things with her. They try to crowd her, get up underneath her as a bigger guard. You know, they, they really try to get um, into her dribble. I think where Serena's gotten so much better is just limiting how many dribbles. She doesn't fight pressure as much as she used to. She's able to get off the ball, then come back to it. And um, I just think, you know, everything you want out of a player to get smarter, to understand both strengths and weaknesses, she continues to get better and better there. So I don't think I've asked you about this yet this year, but I remember last year you said a lot that you felt like your team was passing up shots. Yeah. Is that still a thing this year or is that, a, is that improved? Well, I, I, it's funny you're asking that because – I feel like the one thing with Lee out that we we have maybe turned down some early shot opportunities, and I'd like us to stay aggressive in that mode in the early part of the shot clock, and um, and there's a fine balance there, and every team's got to find it, and um, we seem to hold it a little longer than I want to right now. So um, I think staying aggressive, getting back into practice, I've been really pleased with our two practices this week. They've come back with great energy, pretty good purpose. So um, I see us getting better every day. Let's, let's do the update on Yoki. Um, I think the last couple of weeks we've been coming out here, it's been from boot to no boot, now no boot to she's wearing at least uh, practice clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well... Yeah, the update is she's able to do non-contact stuff right now, but this is going to be something that the medical people will, as we get further um, test ran, we're going to have the answer, and um, we're not going to know that. I, I do think she's sooner than later, though, and unless we get some news that I'm not expecting, which I hope we don't, um, you're going to see her on the court sooner than later. But when she comes back, you still expect her to be... Uh, is pitch count the right word to you know l- limit what how many how many minutes she plays? Yeah, I think any player that comes off an injury that's had more than a couple weeks, you may not have a limitation in terms of their necessary their overall minutes, but you might have limitations to the stretches that they can play. You know, it may not be an eight minute stretch; it may have to be a three minute stretch, and because generally. Medical people don't want them playing really fatigued, you know, whether it be an ankle, whether it be a knee, hit, whatever, whatever the case may be. So I don't know the answer on all of that, but I think there will be a um, um, I do think there'll be a um, uh, getting her back into it. And it certainly won't be 35, 40 minutes right away. I think when the football schedule comes out, we look at the schedule and say, oh, the bye weeks are this week and this week. Good time, maybe not good time. For you this week, you had the lull, as in you didn't have the midweek game. Was that to you good timing to have this break? I think it was good. I think our team needed it. I think our team, you know, um, um, uh, yeah, I I think from from every area. We had uh, two games on the road prior, two very, very uh, physical games. I think we were able to get some mental and physical rest. And uh, like I said, they came back Wednesday. Uh, yesterday had a great practice. I thought it was really solid today. So they've came back with uh, really, really good energy. Just one regular season game this year with uh, Oklahoma State and, and J.C. Hoyt's team. So what's your thoughts on the Cowgirls this year heading into Saturday? You know, they took some early season injuries, and they didn't have the Gusters kid eligible at the time. And um, she is Gusters is one of the top centers in the league, and uh, we knew that when they recruited her. Um, 
they've been a uh, ever evolving team but uh, I think JC's done a good job in through the injuries then they got Gusters eligible they've got a talented team they can really surround Gusters with some shooters they've had a tough stretch here but they've been in every single game and have, have really played I think pretty solid basketball all right, Coach. Best of luck against Oklahoma State. We'll talk to you after the game. All right, Mitch. Thanks. Once again, that's KC Women's Basketball. Coach Jeff Mitty here on the game. Obviously, um, most notable news out of that is Aoka Lee is her recovery. Sounds like it's going pretty well. Coach hopes to have her back sooner rather than later. Just depends on when they get her back in the x-ray machine or the uh, MRI machine, whatever they're going to use to check out that ankle to see if it's doing well, if it's healing right. We'll, do, we'll make the uh, make the decision for them if she's going to be able to go or not. Uh, I'll, I'll just stick with my you know my original hopeful timeline, which I still have the fingers crossed. Really hope Yoki's able to come back for February 14th, which is a Wednesday against Iowa State on the road. It's the first of two against Iowa State. Iowa State's really good. Fingers crossed she can be back for that game. UCF was also, you know, if you go and buy four weeks, UCF was also a um, a possible game as well for her to come back, which is a week from Saturday, and that is a home game. Three of the next four games for K-State is at home. So a lot of home action coming up. I mean, there's two, um, you know, this Saturday, next Saturday, and the Wednesday the 21st, and then at home Wednesday the 28th of February for senior night against Iowa State. So hopefully very soon, Yoki will be back in the lineup for K-State, and things will be back to normal. Crushing teams is what normal is. Uh, Let's take a timeout. When we come back, all right, let's talk Chiefs. When we come back, because uh, is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs becoming the villains of the NFL? We discuss next. Preview of K-State Baseball 2024 coming up at 5-10. BriggsAuto.com presents Passport to Cabo. Guys, we are giving away, along with BriggsAuto.com, an all-expenses pay trip to Cabo San Lucas. And we're going to hook you up with a two-bedroom beachfront condo at Villa La Valencia. Guys, it's where Drum Tang goes to vacation. So you know it's good. If you want to live like Coach Tang, get in on the action. Plus, also in the mix... A flight for two out of Manhattan Regional Airport. Make sure to stay tuned because next week we're going to start to get finalists. It starts. It really kicks off next week. So make sure you're tuned in for the latest details. I love it. How it makes it sound like because we're taking care of everything. You get the flight out of Manhattan. You get the stay. It's all, you know, all expenses paid. So you just show up. With shorts and a cool T-shirt and flip-flops, Jimmy Buffett style, <laughs> and we just fly you out of here. Are you are you donating any any cool T-shirts to the cause at all? No, getting. I'll throw a Tommy bomb in myself, dude. I ain't giving getting rid of none of my Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> Those babies are expensive. You're gonna have to buy your own. Though. That's the only thing you gotta pay for. <laughs> That's all you gotta pay for. Passport to Cabo is made possible by Carpet One of Manhattan and Manhattan Wrecker. Nice. Switching directions to Super Bowl Fifty Eight, which is on Sunday. I I I knew this. Question was going to come up at some point. Kansas City Dynasty, the bad guys now. Everybody wants to wants them to lose now. This question, in a way, was asked to Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones talked about the fact that you guys are now becoming like the villains of the NFL. There's a growing narrative out there. I know everyone prefers to be liked, but is it a role that you kind of enjoy in a way? Do you 
feed off of that? Um, not necessarily. I think uh, I just like winning. If, if you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. So not in not a cool answer at all. Pretty boring, just kind of brushing it all off. You know, whatever happens, happens kind of answer. But it made me think, I'm like, okay, so I, I personally believe that with them just making it to a fourth Super Bowl in five years, the Kansas City Chiefs are absolutely in dynasty mode. Mm-hmm. I think it's win or lose this game against the 49ers. They are dynasty mode for as long as they have Patrick Mahomes. And I and I learned this year to not count out Patrick Mahomes. I, I said the Chiefs would lose twice already in the playoffs. And they're back in the Super Bowl with – Patrick Mahomes is back in with his worst team. Yeah. But I, you know, I've, I've been trying to get like a good idea from like NFL fans that are like, what, what do these people think about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? I don't get the same feel that I did, you know, back in the day with Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't, you know, it, it was, hey, dynasty. They're always winning. Can't stand Tom Brady. Wins all the time. Just kind of became a heel because he was good. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of personality behind Tom Brady. He wasn't too flashy. I don't really sense that right now. I think the Chiefs are are fun to watch. Patrick Mahomes is flashy. Um, I think it also helps, you know, like Travis Kelsey, post game speeches or interviews is super fun. Mm-hmm. I think people would rather just hate on the people that th- those two are surrounded by: Taylor Swift and then Patrick Mahomes' family. Yeah, they're annoyed by Britney. His dad just got popped for a third UI, and everybody hates Jackson. Jackson. Mm-hmm. They would rather just hate on those people. Yeah, and appreciate I, the appreciate the athlete, hate the family. I get the feeling that it's. I hate to say this, but his mom might be the worst out of them all. Have you ever like? She seems mean. I don't like, know much about her. Randy, no, she makes handbags. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I don't know if I've heard anything about Dude, her. Dude, you just just the feeling. Just I when I see her, the feeling I get is that she's kind of mean. But I. Uh, let me tell you this. My wife, my wonderful, beautiful, amazing wife. Shout out to her. Is a Cowboys fan. And she told me, quote, unquote, I'm just tired of seeing the Chiefs win. And I swear, I looked up in the clouds in the sky started to, like, form this like they started to move in a direction I've never seen before in my life, and it got really dark. A Cowboys fan said, I'm tired of seeing somebody else win all the time. I couldn't believe my ears. It has happened. It they have the Chiefs have crossed over into Cowboys slash Patriots lane where people are just sick and tired of seeing him win. Maybe I'm just closed off to other fan bases. At, you know, we're in our Chiefs bubble. You know, it's a pretty big bubble. Big bubble. Um, but maybe I just don't see what's going on outside of our bubble. Our fans starting to hate on the Chiefs. I haven't honestly seen much of it, but that's not saying it's not out there. Mm-hmm. It just I don't think it's at that high level of, okay, now they're the villains because they're winning all the time. I mean, kids for a while were dressing up like Patrick Mahomes. And those jersey sales, it's not just in this bubble. It is across the country. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey jersey sales are all over the country. Mm-hmm. They are, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, they're A-listers mm-hmm. in the NFL, and they will be forever. They are Hall of Famers. But 
I think if the hate was there, doesn't that not start a year or two ago? Because remember, the AFC, they've still been in every AFC championship game for six years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it, it, it takes the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl wins. If they win two straight, it's like, oh, now I hate these guys because they keep winning. It's, I think it's the way, I think it's the way that the Patriots went about their thing. Like, this is the Patriots' way. And then you throw in, like, the tuck rule game, which kicks the whole thing off. You throw in deflate Defl- game. They also, they're cheaters. Yeah, they, that's, that's you a know, good like point. Yeah. You, when, you throw, when you add this element of the kind of, you know, it's this odd, like, they really embraced that role. They really did. And the whole cheating stuff, like, over and over and over. They were filming people's practices back in the day. I think that added to like this whole like these guys, man, they cheat and win all the time. Screw them, and they never look like they're having any fun. At least it seems like they're having fun when they're winning. I think that added to the hate that those guys. Yeah, Bill Belichick had troops whipped into shape, but yeah, they weren't fun. No. They they did things to make themselves heels. Yes. Other than that, they just went about their business. Travis Kelsey is shouting out Beastie Boys lyrics. Yes, he's eating. Taylor Swift, man. I mean, yeah. you know, that's that's Burt Reynolds kind of territory. The Chiefs are cool. They're cool. It's 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 I think it's main the hate comes a lot from the younger generation. Like people around my age, not younger generation, I'm not trying to paint you guys as old or anything. But Gen Z. People yeah, people around my age are sick of it. And I think this this year is where it's really ramped up because again, what'd you lead off with? Here he is, back in the Super Bowl fourth time in fifth years, his worst supporting cast. They're like, finally, he's gonna lose. Buffalo's gonna take care of business. Another week goes by. Okay, well, they gotta go to Baltimore, they're gonna take care of business. And here we are for the, you know, third four four and five and he's sitting at the super bowl again so i do think it's ramped up quite a bit this year because people thought finally the tomfoolery comes to an end but yet here we are he's back in it i know we only have about 30 seconds i just want to say there is a difference between wanting the chiefs to lose and rooting for josh allen and the buffalo bills to win (laughs) very very i think there is i think there is a difference there i think some people thought hey it'd be cool to see what does bill's mafia do at a super bowl how do they ramp things up when there's not a bunch of snow around uh-huh. All right, hour two of the game, a preview of 2024 K-State baseball is next, and so is your local news.